We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Bucky Dunn. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. to Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go again. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts safe. What can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Brian Shackman here, John Senecal. It is fan base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 78. I'll give you a bit of the agenda. Uh, Yankees, they look close to perfect, but they're not. So what would you do to upgrade the team as you look toward maybe a championship, although there's a lot of great teams out there right now. And the second token is the Red Sox. They're squandering their chance to get back in it. It was incredible. They clawed back close to 500. Then you looked at the schedule. They had the Orioles and, and the Reds, and all of a sudden, they're garbage again. Uh, we'll talk about Roger Clemens' kid making his major league debut, and we'll talk about Tommy Pham. Like, I didn't really think about the guy. I always liked his, like, his look as a player when he was with Tampa, but... I don't know, between the slap and all the stuff that John has to say, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, what what the heck is going on with that guy? Um, but let's start with the Yankees because when you think <clears throat> think about it, and again, you know, as we go to this conversation, things change, but they're playing, you know, the Dodgers are really good, the Mets are really good, but I mean... Basically a third of the way through the season we are. And they look like they could definitely contend yeah. for a title. So. They- they definitely look good. And I think, you know, the good thing is like they got a nice little pad for Yankee fans out there. Um, they split with, with uh, Tampa, so that's good. Um, obviously, you want to win, but you don't want to lose a series, right? Um, so they pretty much went in and came out the same way. And like you said, the Red Sox kind of didn't do anything in the meantime. But, you know, the Yankees are looking good. It looks like they're going to weather the injury. Stanton probably should be back pretty soon. But, you know, they go out and they get Matt Carpenter. I mean, I, I didn't even know Matt Carpenter was a, a, a playing anymore, you know. And they find these guys like Jose Trevino, the throw in in a trade. And he's, you know, yeah. he's just stepped up and just been lights out. It's like, you know, little things like that. And these guys play to the above their ability or they, you know, they get the polish on the on the stone a little bit bit and that's the kind of teams that win championships and Aaron Judge is just he just every night dude he just punches his ticket a little bit harder it's crazy it is really unbelievable how how good he's been out of the gate and like I still obviously you you still got to go Gallo you still got to figure out Hicks but they're weathering it which is good the bullpen's weathering it the starting pitching has been great but again Trevino I mean well my my whole point with this is that if you want to win a championship you really need to get production out of that seven, eight, nine. You need those guys. Yeah, and so and they have been getting production, right? And to me, that's key. And and to do all this without Stan, and I never expect him to play a full season anyway. So well, we well, we talked about that. We knew this was going to happen. Yeah, somebody's going to get hurt, but it, it didn't sound serious. Like when they first said, I mean, they really haven't. I don't think I've been official. Like, is it calf? Is it ankle? You know, like it's kind of like it's lower leg, right? So 
right away you think, oh my God, calf strain. You know that sideline trout the whole season last yeah, year, I know. depending on what grade it is. I don't understand how these baseball guys operate, but I will tell you, someone like Trout or Stanton. There's so much muscle in their swing. Crazy muscle. That you just, I mean, I can see someone like Stanton or Trout having trouble because if one thing's off, they don't generate the power they need to play. But and you look at the way Trout swings, right? Trout swings like a baseball player. Giancarlo almost swings like the kid in Little League that's not good, but he's just big. You know what I mean? And like, he, it's crazy the way he hits the ball. Like, his swing sometimes, like, when he misses, he looks so bad. Right. And the and the sad and not the sad thing, but the weird thing is when he's hitting the ball, he's actually hitting that same swing pretty much, unless it's inside. Anything out pretty much over the plate, it's like it so, almost looks like he, he's fooled. So right. if you were Brian Cashman, the question really is: if you were Brian Cashman and you were heading toward the trade deadline, you know, give me don't give me some laundry list. Give me one or two things that you need. I mean, I would well, say the trading they- deadline is later this year. It's in August, right? I think or end of July. Right. But let's have some fun with it today. It's in August. All right. So we have fun today. I think they need you an get, outfielder. You need to fix the outfield. Like listen, they're trying to fix it now like Matt Carpenter, he could be a solution. He's batting one fit. I mean, right. it's not But your he's solution. a left-handed bat. That's, he's a he's a bench guy. He's a bench guy. He's a, he's he's got a proven track record. All they own, likes the way he goes about his business. All that. He's probably not the answer, right? But like I said, if you can weather the storm and you can get there, I've said it all along. Gallo is not going to answer. You are not going to win a championship with him, regardless of his defense. He's not going to get you there because you're gonna you're gonna pitch around your guys to get to him. He's not a he's not a viable guy off the bench because you right. know he's probably going to strike out. So you got to fix that. I mean, I, you know, it's crazy because you you look and you say, well, you got to bring somebody in. You bring somebody in to fix it, but. You know, that also comes with bringing somebody in and screwing up the chemistry on a team. So you got to look at that too. Te- potentially, exactly. But you got to weigh you got to weather that. If you got something really good going and you're winning, I think Cashman's looking at it right now and being like, "I'm winning. This team is winning." And you know, we're weathering it and just Are like, you comfortable with the uh closer Spot. I mean, I think okay? I'm, I'm comfortable with it now. I mean, Clay Holmes has been insane. He's just been insane. Do you think I'll, he'll be able to do it on a World Series winning team? I mean, because I, it's crazy I mean, pressure. Co- it's crazy Chapman pressure. comes back as probably that guy. I don't know. Is that lefty right? Chapman comes back. I think. I think um, the way things have set up with Chapman over the last year and a half, I don't think there's going to be any issue with him just going in there and being a, a piece of the bullpen and not necessarily the closer. Especially if the person Clay Holmes, if they're if he hasn't officially been named the closer or whatever, if you even do that, has been so good, you know, like you're not, especially on a team now with the Yankees who's winning, like you're you're not in a position to be barking out, right? You're not in a position to be barking, so you just I think it's not going to be an issue as long as Clay Holmes is pitching fine. You just got to keep looking down the road and see if they keep going, and if not. Come August, you got to try to fill those holes. Now, what players are available? I don't know. A left-handed bat. I'd love to see someone like Charlie Blackman maybe come to come to New York. Um, he'd be a great outfielder. He'd be a great left-handed bat. But, I mean, does he fit the mold? I don't know. He's got to shave. He's got to, like, cut down. He's got to go anti-wolf, man. <laughs> but someone like that, I mean, I'm sure there's other players out there. I can't really think clo- crazy off the top of my head. I'm sure there's other left-handed bats well, out I mean, there. Juan, but you got to look at teams that are available. People say Juan Soto is, is I mean, that's a big name. But, but I mean, they, you really want to trade Juan Soto? I'm just I mean, saying, like— The only way Juan Soto gets traded is if, if I guess— is is uh what's his name Boris's agent? I'm sure it is. All I know you is have that to be Washington, in there demanding it. Washington's going to lose 100 games. Yeah, they suck. But you have to. Juan Soto can't demand a trade. His agent have to be like, listen, he is not staying here regardless no, how good you, you guys get, do. But if you can get five prospects and you're rebuilding, well, I, Jesus, I, dude, I would have no problem trading for Juan Soto. 
Juan Soto that's is the, kind the of best de- hitter in baseball, and right. he's on the worst team. But that's the kind of deal that cash. That's the kind of deal that the Dodgers and Yankees would make. But I'm not saying they should or could. But I mean, well, hey, would- listen, they got Giancarlo, they got A Rod, right? And I, and I was surprised by both of those trades. Yeah. Those came out of nowhere, yeah. right? So Soto, it's totally Soto's, possible. Soto's a little young. He's younger. I mean, oh, that would he's be a, the kind of guy. And a left-handed bat. That would be a slam freaking dunk. Right. Because I'm not listen, they're tr- going to do it. But. Judge can play center field. We know that. So, it, you know, having Judge being so versatile, it opens up so many doors, too, for the Yankees as yeah. far as what they can do. I mean, if they did, it would be incredible if they, if they had Soto's bat. Stanton comes back. Hey, I trade Jason Dominguez Judge. and some other named prospects. Shit, I trade Anthony Volpe. <laughs> For Swoto. You might, I mean, if you get you a World Series, that's the kind of thing that makes it worth it. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Quick note on the Red Sox. I mean, we don't have to talk about it too much, but, you know, they were, I think they entered the Baltimore Series two games under 500. Everyone thought five games set with Baltimore. All you did do is win three. And then you have the worst team in baseball in Cincinnati coming in for two. And Who have it, actually been playing really good over their last I know, but even games. still, they still are still bad. And, and so I just, I think that this is the kind of thing that, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I still think that in the end, uh, they will compete for that last wild card. I mean, now they've dropped off. I mean, at one point they were they were only a couple games back. Well, it's but- crazy because we had we've had I think three shows now, at least two in the time that Trevor's story went off, and we didn't even talk about him. Right. And that's just, but that just goes to show you kind of like the vibe around the Red Sox now. Uh, yeah. Like you got a guy who won the what, Player of the Month, was it? At least the Player of the Week. He had like. Freaking nine home runs or something in a week, people and nobody pe- talked about it. People don't like him because they look at him as the replacement for Xander Bogarts. I mean, and and because he started off so poorly. I I'm not a guy who would boo him, but I th- if I think about it, I think about it only as he's sitting there at second, only as insurance for if and when Bogart leaves. Yeah. And so I think that's why he doesn't generate any excitement because he's like a carpet bagger. I don't know. I just. I don't know. It's a t- I don't love the team. So, I mean, it's, I've been over this before. I'm not going to get into it. I don't think they're going away, though. I really don't. I just want them to be competitive. So, I mean, to me, I said this before, and we're, we're starting this you know conversation on episode 78 in, in early June. They need to be at 500 by mid-June. That's my litmus test, and they have two weeks to do it, and we'll see if they can do it. And it's not like it's impossible. They have just a couple games under. So, um, But I don't want to spend too much time on them because I, just, I, I think that they squandered a huge opportunity against two very uh, substandard teams, even if the Reds are playing better. And 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 they just because they sort of they sort of blew it. Um, now I want to talk about you know it's funny you you said we could do a whole episode you said this off mic on children of ex major like all the major it's crazy tons of major leaguers from when we were coming of age. Well, when you brought it up this morning, you said uh, you know it was a, is it Cody Clemens right? Yeah, Cody Clemens with a K, made his major, of league, major league debut with the uh, with the uh, Tigers. Tigers. Now he's one of four children named after named with K's. There's right. Like Cody, uh, Kobe. Carrier, I don't know. Whatever. It's, Either it's way, a whole he, list of them, right? He's the only one to make it. He's the only one to make it. And uh, two of them went to the University of Texas. I was surprised. What what got me was his final year at the University of Texas. He had 24 home runs at 74 RBIs. So he was like, what, 70, 72nd overall pick or something like that? Um, but obviously, you know, he's, you know you're not, you're not going to hit 24 home runs and have 72 RBIs playing for the University of Texas and not get looked at, regardless right. of who your last name is. It's true. Um, but going back to the, the the father-son thing, you know, you 
you think Clemens, right? Like he's 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 one of those guys that's teetering on the edge of being shunned and kind of still in baseball. And a lot of it has to do with his kids still in baseball, right? If right. his kids weren't in baseball, he probably would have just disappeared. But then you look around and you're thinking, oh well, there's the obvious ones like the Vlad Vlad Juniors and the Ken Griffey Bich- Juniors, Dante Bichette. the Bichettes. Well, I mean, then you start thinking of guys like Varsho, who's playing center field for the Diamondbacks. His dad was a player and a coach for a long time. But then you start looking at these lists, and it's like, oh my God, there is so many former players that you that you might not remember, and stars that have kids that have either played or are playing in the league. I mean, from Bannister to Barfield to Bedrosian to Yogi Berra. I mean, Dale Berra's, you know, they that's a while ago. Bichette, yeah, Biggio, Bonds, Buford, Cameron, Daz Cameron. I'm just Jose sort of, Cano, Robinson Cano. I didn't even know his father played Major League Baseball. But this, doesn't it seem, I mean, you're going back into history, which is fine, but doesn't it seem like there are more than ever? Well, I think so because, you know, you have that explosion of, like, the, the players that that were our generation players, like the Tom Gordon. He's got, I didn't even know Nick Gordon was his son, the guy from yeah, the Twins. Yeah, no, I knew that, yeah. Right? So there's D, D. Strange Gordon, who's changed his name like three times and been suspended, I believe, in the meantime for PEDs. But I didn't even realize Nick Gordon was his kid. And he's got two kids, and like, and he was a pitcher. Yeah, it's incredible. Former uh, Yankee. you got Griffey, Grimsley, Guerrero, Gwynn. Brian Harvey, I remember Brian Harvey, you think Matt Harvey, but his son Hunter Harvey for the Orioles. Charlie yeah. Hayes, good Brian Hayes. See, I like going with the the present thing. Like, who would you take, Dante Bichette or Bo Bichette? I would take, I mean, Dante Bichette could rake. He was yeah, a well, great he was player, in but Colorado. he was in Colorado, so we got to you know, put an asterisk on it. Um, I think Bo Bichette's a little bit more exciting um, of a player because he plays, you know, I think he gets more, he's an infielder guy or whatever. Um you know what? There was a Johnny Jeter, and no, his son is not Derek Jeter. It's Sean Jeter. <laughs> you really went deep on this. Yeah. this. I mean, I was fascinated by this. Mark Leiter, who was a former pitcher, who was Al Leiter's brother. Right. His son, Mark Leiter Jr., huge uh, number one, number out first of Van, round pick. Out of Vanderbilt, yeah. Right, out of Vanderbilt for the Texas Rangers. But he's known as Al Leiter's nephew, right? Because you don't talk about Mark Leiter. Right. And I like, you know, like, I remember I was working at ESPN when Fernando Tatis hit those, what was it, two grand slams in an inning or whatever? Yeah. I remember that. And so, like, to see his son, it's part of it's a testament to our age, right? We're old. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're seeing this. But, you know, it started for me when I, I started to think about this with, with, uh, with Fielder, with Prince Fielder. There's another one. Uh, because he, he was the first one to really kind of did better than dad. I mean, yeah. obviously outside of Griffey, but Griffey was sort of grew up. We grew up with Griffey. The so Boons, it, you know, but that was like the families, like the Alus, the Boons, the Bonds, the Griffeys. Those right. are the ones that was just them kind of, you know what I right. mean? Like, and they're sort of major league royalty, And they're right? major league families. Now, these other guys we're talking about, not necessarily like coaching and all that. They just, they, they played, they had kids while they were playing, they got out, and next thing you know, you blink, and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. When they retired, their kids were in high school. So my kids, they, they, they do the same thing. My kids are big Celtics fans right now, and they see Jason Tatum's son mm-hmm. like in the locker room. They're like, I can't wait in 15 years for him to be in the right. NBA. But what, talk about pressure, though, right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, LeBron James has said he wished he didn't name his son after him. Yeah. He said it was just a mistake. Um, it was a mistake. Like he tripped over and was like, Bronny. No, but when you're when you're 19 or 20, you think it's cool to have I'm your name I'm not buying that. He just realizes he ain't as good as he is, so now he's saying it. 
Oh, wow, you're rough. Sometimes the edge part of John comes out. Well, it's true, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> LeBron James has got a freaking opinion on everything, right? And all of a sudden, now he's like, oh, I wish you didn't name my kid LeBron you don't see, Jr. You don't see that a little bit, though? It is, you just talked about pressure. What's more pressure than putting the best best three players ever? Well, he should have thought name. about that before he did it. Well, he, he was too always young. He just name. thought it was cool that he had a baby. He'll just make it like he'll be B2 or something. LB2. <laughs> I love when the cynical cynical comes out because it's just, it's just, it's, he used to be, John, when I first met him, was as edgy as they come. You know, two children and a whole career softened him. This is soft, John. You, you <laughs> soft, <laughs> you've gone soft. Uh, I, I couldn't believe, like, so this Tommy Pham thing. So he, who did he slap? You slapped Jock Peterson over some fantasy football. But they weren't rest. on the same team. They're on opposite teams. Opposite now. teams. And they were talking. I don't think they've the, ever played on the same team. So they were talking in the outfield, and then he, first of all, he didn't punch him, like which is he weird. He will Smith them, which is weird. Is yeah. that the new way to like not get in as much trouble as you would have? Yeah. If you don't punch him, because then it's a full blown. So if you slap him, and you also he remember make, there's always a camera rolling. Right, but he, but you slap him, he might not hit you back. You punch him. And it's a brawl, right? Yeah. I mean, is that what the new thing is? I guess. And it's weird, though, because you, you, you look at these two guys, and, I mean, Jock Peterson, he, when he does these interviews, he just he just seems like he's kind of just out there. Like, yeah. he just shows up. Like, he kind of got on the bus or whatever, came to the park, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to do all right today. But he's he's, he's a good player. Yeah, I mean, if you had but a couple he, home runs in a game in a major league game, you, you got to have something. He just seems like... You know, I you haven't really got to see him. Up. You know, last year was Jocktober and everything, but you know, you didn't get to interview him in like a locker room, like talking as a normal person. And he just seems like he could fit in at like a barbecue, and right. you wouldn't even know it. Right. But I want to talk about Fam. Like Fam, I think is a loose cannon because listen, you got teams like St. Louis who gave up on him. Right. St. Louis is a premier organization. You usually don't give up on players. Right. Goes to Tampa. Who, they know, who loves nothing more than a bargain than Tampa, right? They give up on him, right? And then he goes to San Diego, who, from all my accounts, when I was I was down in Florida, I was talking to Bobby Dickerson, who was a third base coach, who's been on the show here, and he was talking about a player trying to fight him in the locker room. And just based on what they had talked about and the, the way he was mentioning it, right away I kind of thought it was Tommy Pham because I think he was the one that had the riff with Tatis, wasn't it? Or was it Machado? Machado had the yeah. riff with Tatis, but it was right around the same time. And um, I, I'm more than confident now that it had to have been him because the way he was saying it was like an outfielder and something about, you know, he might whoop my ass, but I'll definitely let him know, you know, I'm still... I'm backing down, kind of thing. So, and he was gone not long after. But so. it was really about fantasy football. Now they bring that's in Mike. What, they bring in said. Mike Trout that he was the commissioner of their league or something like that. No, I mean, no. it's just insane. But, I mean, listen, we have a fantasy football league, right? Fantasy baseball league, yeah. right? So, what's any different? They're just dudes that are. No, like, well, I'm sure there's money involved. Oh, obviously, he even said there was money involved. He said you're screwing my money, but I mean, what do you got on the line? A million dollars? I mean. What's money to them to get pissed off and slap someone in the face about? Just so weird. I, and the, uh, but I think your point that makes it relevant to talk about is that this is a guy who obviously has got some talent, but has bounced around for some, one record, re, right? one reason or another. I just I wonder. I I'm actually more focused on the type of violence it is because, like a slap is you know, the 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 connotation of a slap is like not manly, right? Right. So I wonder why that's the violence of choice, like. I don't know what that means. 
I don't know. Maybe I mean, I'm not Joe Macho. No, I don't my, know. my point is like, it's but that, you haven't seen it. You're right. You haven't really seen it. It wasn't. It's just weird because usually, especially these guys with the testosterone, is like crazy. Like, so next time they charge them out, are they going to slap the person? No, I, I. No, my point is mainly like maybe he wanted he 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 wanted to make a statement but didn't want to go there. There, I don't really know, and and. I, I just I find the whole story. I mean, I it was like I thought it was an onion story to be honest. Yeah, with I thought you. it was a joke at first too. I, I didn't really get it, and then you realize, and then it, you know, it it brings me back to some of the stories like Rico Bronio, who we got to have on again soon, w- would tell me these guys are millionaires who play a kids game, and some of them are still in the kid mentality. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that when you, I always said this, and this is a, a bigger issue, but when when you sign a kid out of high school and he goes right into the pros. That you can say what you want about the college experience, but just the, the living on a campus with people your age, with no major adult responsibilities, right. gives you a certain foundation that's different than going right into the real world, right into money, and yeah. right into have to fend for yourself. And I think that in, socially and emotionally, some of these folks don't don't mature in a way that gives them a worldliness that has them understand perspective. Yeah. And maybe, and I don't even know if Fam went to college or Jock Peterson went to college. My point is, is that you know you're forced to grow up at 18, yeah. and and it's different. And and then when you make a lot of money, um, you you don't manage it or understand it the same way. And I think it's true for the NBA, and and it's true for the NFL, and it, you know, and in hockey, these kids go off to play juniors. When they're 17 and 18, and I know for a fact because I have friends who did it, that they're all of a sudden in juniors, they're out there after games going out drinking every night. Yeah. And then they take the Division One scholarship or go to college, and they're like, this is what you guys do for fun? Because the guy's been going to bars since yeah. he was 16. And so I think the perspective is just off. But again, the slap just kind of bugs I bet me. You, I bet you it had something more to do with like, he was probably something stupid he did, and it cost him money in the league, and it made him look like a fool. Right. And he was more of like him trying to macho up and being but like, why I'm an idiot. in pregame? And why not do it on your own? Like, why, like you said, you know, there's a camera around. This just, it's one of those things I don't want to spend any more time on, but it just struck me as just. He don't strike me as the smartest individual. As you say, he don't. He don't. He don't. He don't. He not too bright. He don't. Um, all right, listen, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, episode 78, this is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. John Seneca, Brian Shackman. Until number 79, we'll talk to you soon. Game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.